Welcome to the show, everybody. Day 66, I think we said, of the Lockdown Golf Podcast. Uh, for those just doing the math, that's Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux, Super Mario. It's a good, it's a good 66. Probably. Best 66, 66 that ever lived? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I don't know any other 66. I'll take your word for it. Probably should have been the best hockey player of all time. And just destroyed by injuries. But if you go back and go watch the documentaries, go do the research. He was an interesting conversation because there was also this, if you flip those numbers, you get 99. And I think some people would debate. Well, that's, and that is the argument. But I I feel like even Gretzky would be like, he's a better player than me, but he's just all the back injuries and stuff. And he was, he wasn't ever going to have the 108 goal season or whatever the hell yeah, Gretzky had. That Gretzky would do over but and over again. Yeah, he was still trending. His numbers were trending for better stats than Gretzky, and just ran it. I mean, dude, the guy beat cancer and came back and played in the it's NHL. True. You know what it's I true. mean? Yeah, he just the guy could not catch a health break, but he was so strong, so fast, so good. Anyway, Super Mario, great, great super, opening to a golf podcast. Yeah, and you have to. Well, oh. <laughs> If people forget, notoriously great golfer, super. And That's you gotta true. Say, that is also true. You also have to say Mario when you say it. French Canadian, all that. Well, yeah. Super Mario. Did you know I was French Canadian, Bill? You were? I am. Is that way you spell it? Spell it with a K? Chris no. McHewen. Chris no, McHewen. That's, no. That's how you say it if you're from Canadian. The, uh, our grandpa's, my great grandmother first generation from uh from quebec oh migrated down to the city les habitants they were were fur traders initially got the whole background it's great my great my great grandmother didn't speak english she only spoke french that's neat i'm gonna start calling you claude (laughs) hey claude (laughs) right uh but yeah he was a great golfer super mario just throwing that out there and uh, I, I can't remember if he was flirting with going professional or played in a PGA tournament on an exemption. I don't know. But it's the thing. Dude can play. Still can. Anyway, yeah. I, I digress. Chris says Anyways, this is a golf podcast. We'll talk about the golf about? stuff. <laughs> so in lieu of uh, having our usual weekend catch-up show on Monday because we had a guest on, we kicked it to Tuesday. Chris played golf at an interesting golf course on Saturday that has a neat little backstory in the Chicagoland area, which it's kind of fascinating because the course he played at isn't necessarily anything special. Definitely in the modern day does not hold up against the ranks at which it was compared to in the early 20th century. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Very good way to put that. Yeah. Might make you have to uh, do some Googling on your own. You can thank us for your research project later. Um, I suppose we should catch up on the Colonial, or no, I'm sorry, what tournament? Charles Schwab Invitational? Yeah, Charles Schwab, right. It wasn't Invitational, right? At Colonial. I don't know. Oh, hey, did you know, by the way, that Colonials where Ben Hogan was based out of and uh, it meant a lot to Bryson because he worships <laughs> Ben Hogan and wears a hat like him because he right. did ever since he was 13. Just I don't know if you caught that watching. I think broadcast. that's why he bulked up too. he bulked up because he wanted to be like Ben Hogan. I think Ben Hogan was like super swole back in the day. Did you know I have Ben Hogan Apex irons from 1973 that are supposed to be some of the best forged irons ever made? Did you know I that? I didn't know that. I, I don't know if I know. 
very audience. envious of those. I don't know if our audience knows that, so I thought I'd remind them. Um, let's talk about, we got, we were, we'll catch up on all things colonial. And then I also found out having typo blood is a good thing right now in the world. and Very I, beneficial. I'm excited to say I'm pretty sure I have typo blood. I, I'm 99% sure now that I think about it. Um, just fair warning. You don't want my blood. It's not good blood for one way reason or another. Just, <laughs> it, gets I guess angry. You, it gets angry very easily. Uh, it gets very annoyed by things. You know, yeah, it it's makes bad decisions, <laughs> bad bad habits. I mean, hey, look, if it's life or death and you need someone, I'll hook you up. But just be prepared for a terrible temperament and other shortcomings that come it's with it. It's full of beef tallow. It's like a whole thing. Oh, man. Yeah, for sure. That's accurate. <laughs> All right, Chris, do we have a do we have a sponsor, a sponsor, a sponsor? I'm going to call it a sponsor. Do we have a sponsor for this show? You know what? Uh, I thought about this today. And yes, we do have a sponsor for the show. And it's a very unique one. I don't think we've had anything kind of like this before. But today's sponsor is actually uh, the record label Sub Pop, mm. which I know you hold near and dear to your heart. So I was spending some time just listening to a few bands that have have been on that label. Um, you know, um, the shins, I played the shins a lot today. It's a good sub pop record, a good sub pop, uh, uh, band. Um, so yeah, sub pop label. You can always find something good on sub pop. Get up kids. They were sub pop in the beginning. Yep. Yep. They were. I, I can't were. remember. I don't think part of me is like, I think, and I don't think they're a good band. All American rejects were sub pop. But then I'm like, or were they doghouse? They were not sub pop. Um, yeah, no, I know they. I think they were sub pop in that era in an effort to be like, no, we're still a cool indie label. Was yeah, they brought some bad bands onto that. It's true. It's true. Um, I don't know. If you, wasn't that little band out of Seattle, Nirvana, on sub pop for a little bit? They were. Yep. Before they moved over to Epic, I think, or Atlantic, right? Yeah, do you remember the song Epic by Faith No More? I just, oh God, I do. Yeah. No, I have a you. Faith No More live story I can tell you someday. Yeah, we'll save that for a future show. Hey, yeah. that's a good Friday show. Don't that's you true. dare badmouth Epic by Faith No More. You I can won't badmouth bad that, that band. song, but right. yes, I will <laughs> badmouth the band. Good. Any other sub pop artists we did, we failed to mention? I can't wait to be like, how'd you forget this band? How you know? I know. Real easy because who cares? They have a great um, store too in the uh, Seattle airport. I've spent lots of money at the Sub Pop store in the airport. So sold out. That's so anti-Sub Pop. That's sad to hear. Yeah, but it's still cool. And they got and pictures of everyone that's been there, like Dave Grohl and Vetter hung out there, bought some stuff, bought a record. That, that's that. Of course they have. Of course they have. That's an appearance fee. Are you kidding me? And uh, it's all duty free at that store. So there's that. Right. <laughs> All right. Chris, on that on that note, pun intended, you want do you want to start this podcast finally? Uh I need to start this podcast. Let's start the podcast. So who are you? I'm Bill Bush. Some bad news. So who are you? I'm Chris McEwen. They're infected. Infected. Day 66, Lockdown Golf Podcast. Chris, I got some big news. Okay, what you got? 
I took my microphone off the, the mounted mic stand. Oh, that's right. On the stock base. In a lot yeah. of ways, I feel like I like it the way it is a lot more. Uh, in a lot of ways, I immediately regret this decision, but <laughs> I still feel like right now I'm cooking with gas this show. And I also All think right. it's, I have better microphone awareness with some of the new tools we've been using. So gotcha. maybe this will work out better. The only you thing sound good. Is, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. God, I, I got to tell everybody uh, before the mics went hot, you know, Chris was being kind of mean to me and to the point I offered <laughs> to lift his spirits by acoustic, getting my acoustic guitar and singing him a love song or some sort of ballad to, you know, lift his spirits and, you know, open up my heart to him. And he just kept reiterating how much he doesn't want that and not from me, especially. So to hear I sound good makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that I don't want you to sing me a love song over Zoom. This this might be the start of the end of us right here. It's like God, you try to do something for a hurting friend, you know, and he just won't let you into his heart. Anyway, um, hey, so we had a we had a different show yesterday, and we yeah we didn't we really chatted a little, but yeah. we didn't catch up on our weekends as we usually do. Um, so why don't we dive right in? You played my my weekend was largely. Uh, cleaning out garages and basements and throwing shit at, on the curb for the mass garbage day. Yeah, right. I don't remember if I mentioned that. I think I mentioned it. It's a, I don't know if it's every two years or it's every certain period of time. The village does a, hey, you don't have to put a sticker on it or anything. Just it's like, anything it's like you can get on the literal curb. purge. It's like it the is. purge, like the actual purge. Now you must have a bunch of those junk trucks run like roll through before the city does right just like scooping all the metal up and everything constant like and yeah, then someone, i would bet like you, you those just, guys know man you park uh you park your car in the street well it's not just the metal guys so the metal guys get out but i mean what hmm this especially in these trying times like i don't really uh there's a it's tough to put this the right way but the amount i'll just say this the amount of people driving around in teslas and Mercedes SUVs and going five miles an hour down the street and stopping at every garbage pile and then getting out, digging through them. Really? Was wow. alarm alarming. Well, they spent all their money on a car, so they need a couch. They need a right. garbage couch. <laughs> and now, like I keep saying this, we put out a kitchen table that's awesome. It just, when we moved into our house, we took it out of storage. We put it in our kitchen We're like, this is way too big. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's a killer square farm style table. It's awesome, but yeah. we just have no use for it. It's taking up a ton of space in the garage. And so and you can't. Oh, and by the way, we have to add because of covid, you can't donate anything right now. Well, or you can, but they're, yeah. they're so backed up yeah. from when they were closed that they're like, we do not need donations right now, right. at least around around here. So right. it's like normally city too. I would just donate this table and I'm like, I don't even, and of course then everybody, my favorite thing in this town, which is a pretty well to do town. Right. And, um, it cracks me up the amount of like, uh, I'll say, oh, actually it's all ages, you know, like nickel and diming over like used play school and little tykes and <laughs> Ikea furniture where they're like, Ah, uh, this was a hundred and fifty dollar bookshelf from Ikea and I'd let it go for eighty five dollars. I'm like, that is 
garage sale junk. Right. Like, right. I refuse. And like one time, there's someone selling like kids golf clubs. And my son wanted a set of like, he's at a certain age, like just wanted his own bag, his own set of golf clubs. And they wanted like $10 for him. So my wife shoots a message. She's like, we'll give you f- the address was close. Like, we'll give you five bucks for me. Like, yeah, that's fine. But it's totally in the end of, I go, I, I can't think of anything. I wouldn't just be, it, there's very few things where I'm like, this is your top dollar and I have to sell it right. Where it's like, here, this is just shit I don't want. Yeah, right. You can have it. Right. So it, oh, I have, I have these used My Little Ponies. There's about 10 of them and <laughs> you can, we can meet up or you can pick them on my house for $3. You? Are you fucking kidding me? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. I totally then get it. They're like, okay, I'll meet you at the uh, U.S. Bank parking lot downtown Glen Ellen. And then they, you know, they're rolling up in their Maserati because that's like it seems to be the cool new car that all the uh, you know forty to fifty year old Gen Yers are all driving around right now. Like, I have a Maserati. I'm like, yeah, you're oh. selling me, you're selling me ten My Little Ponies for three dollars. So. <laughs> cool car but anyway yeah so we have that going on and uh you know i'm kind of all for the like hey there's a certain element of yeah you never know some neat little things and i like let's be honest i do think it's a lot of people that maybe are not from here just taking advantage of it and i don't i don't inherently have a problem with it it's just that where you're looking around you're like you're what what are you doing you're just being like a busybody going through junk and you're gonna i'm gonna go to your house now and see your garage just filled with crap that you have no need to use. Yeah. Um, watching the metal guys at work. And I will, we had one metal guy. He came and looked through our pile. And we had a kid's scooter in it and it was all metal. Could have taken it, but he left it. It was like, I know people are out here looking for this kind of oh, stuff. Nice. And I'm just yeah. going to junk it. And then, you know, meanwhile you have someone who's like, I'm going to rip all these metal things out of here, but leave the rest of it. And you're like, Hey, can you just do me a favor and take the rest of it with you and get rid of it on your own time? <laughs> Right. Well, what kills me, those metal picking trucks, right? They're like the flatbeds where they just put, they oh, put like plywood up and fences just to make yeah. them taller. Yeah. And they fill those things to the brim and just knowing a little bit about like metal recycling, scrapping full truck of mountain bikes and golf clubs and stoves and wagons and wheelbarrows and shovels. You're going to bring all of that to like, the thing packed to the gills overflowing with no air in between it to the scrap place and literally get like $75. Yeah. At the, at best, which some, here's yeah. what people are going to say. And here's the, here's the question. Hey, someone might really need that $75. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they might, I'm going to guarantee you right now they spent way more than $75 in gas driving around, collecting all of that stuff. And, was not time well spent in it now if you're collecting it like gonna resell it and can make a few dollars i can't knock that also fine but like there's no way that scrapping time was paying off for that i mean i watched somebody we we had a long story short we had a small gas grill for that a neighbor's getting rid of and it's hanging on to a friend. It's just, it's been here forever. Like this is, it's not, she's moving. It's not going to happen. So I'm not even throw this thing on the curb went in like two seconds, but it probably took them 25 minutes. This guy and his wife to get it up into the truck. It's heavy. Right. And so I'm going, 
you can't tell me this is worth your time. That that grill is probably worth five dollars, maybe eight in scrap. Maybe. So, yeah, it's a fascinating thing to watch. And then the traffic jams and it is largely like just people from this area driving around, making it like a game out of it. But it's just there's there's one time I was trying. My car was in the street because we were cleaning out our garage and walking out the driveway and needing space. And I was I went to pull my car back into my driveway and I was turning around in my neighbor and my neighbor across the street's driveway. And <laughs> I had to wait in their driveway for a train of like a full flow of traffic, about 10 to 12 cars driving down my back street. And my street wow. is not a main route or thoroughfare by any means. It's just, that was the amount of traffic over this. But anyway, I don't remember how we got, that's basically what I did all weekend. That was your weekend. So, right. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like, Oh, nephew Josh is going out the sub 70 so worked hard on saturday I'm like maybe i'll see when he's going and go out there with him oh yeah and, and then um no because we did a ton of, i thought it was gonna be an all-weekend project it didn't have to be but after spending all day saturday doing it i'm sitting there going no there's got to be more there's got to be more i can get out by that curb so it's like all day sunday you're just going through everything trying to figure out what else you can get out there so I didn't do anything other than that. Oh, I did make did, it. Uh, did Riv end up going? I haven't talked to him. Did he go get fit? Man, you really do need a love song playing here. Yeah, he did I'm, go. I'm telling you, man, I've been in a different place. Well, if there's anything I can do to Very help, different I, place. I, will. I can tell you bad jokes until cows <laughs> yeah, Um, Yeah, he did go. He did go. Got fit for the... For those that are wondering, following um, the review time of the Sub 70 939X Hybrid, he loved it. Yeah. So much so. He hits the living shit out of thing. I can't wait to see him hit it fitted. I don't think he's going to see, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I don't think it's going to be wildly different um, than the one he currently hits. Long story short, he has a different shaft than the one he has, but similar profiles. Okay. It's a dumb one, but yeah, I think he will hit them similarly. I just think he's going to keep gassing the thing. That's all. Oh my God. He destroys it. And <sighs> the good news is, is that he's, uh, he's team blue this year on, uh, for the tournament. If the tournament, if I go to the tournament, I'm sure that mean, he's going, that means but he's nothing, on my team nothing. this year. Okay. That's what you should have said the first time. Yeah. Just say he's on your team. Well, he is. He's team blue. That's my team. But we didn't team know blue. that until, until you, I made you say it. Right. Well, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully he and I can, maybe he and I can pair up and roll somebody. I'm going to put you right back in that negative place by giving you a hard time about menial things. But uh, (laughs) I did play, I played golf on Saturday. That was nice at a a golf course that apparently has a story that I didn't know about that you kind of sort of know. Yeah. Yeah. Is that true? Okay. Uh, I will let you talk about your golf first and we can go into that story if you want. Uh, Nothing real exciting. Um, The course was I, I really enjoy that golf course, especially the shape that it's in right now. I really think this extra month that golf course has got uh, is paying off because their greens were immaculate and true and rolling so nice. And uh, maybe that's because I putted relatively well. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a very grindy round. I think I got the first four holes. I, I was up and down pars. Four, four holes in a row, um, played a pretty good front, kind of 
got loose on the back a little bit. Uh, but um, otherwise, it's a pretty generic kind of Chris McEwen round of golf, you know. Shot an 87, didn't really do anything well, didn't do anything terrible, just kind of kicked the ball just, around here and there. Just just fine. Had a couple, yeah, I had a couple, uh, I think I had, I had two holes where I just made like bad club choices. Um I, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was because like I was with three guys that I haven't seen or played golf with in a really long time, maybe like at least a year. So we were really kind of catching up and talking and bullshitting, whatever. And, and there were th- some things that I just wasn't paying, like the wind. I didn't pay mm-hmm. attention to the wind the entire round. And so I was hitting, that's why I was up and down so often, I think is just because I wasn't really paying attention to that stuff. Saturday was windy as shit too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. There were some holes where we weren't protected by trees or whatever and ball just hung up or, you know, got pushed and I was like, oh yeah, I should probably pay attention to that a little bit. But otherwise, you know, the swing's feeling pretty good and uh, hitting the draw a little more often uh, on purpose. And uh, yeah, not, not terrible, not terrible, not great, but not terrible. The course. I thought weird. maybe I was. I thought maybe I was onto something that first. The first four or five holes, but I knew if I kept, you know, playing with fire, eventually it would catch up to me, and it did, for a little while. But perfect. Yeah, it's golf, golf to a T, right there. No, really, it's very, it's really true, and I knew it too because, like, I think my buddy was like, "Man, is that another another up and down?" I'm like, "Yeah," I'm like it's gonna, I gotta knock it off. You know, yeah. I gotta hit a green and rug here, or else or else things are gonna be rough for me but. do you remember when we played and we said all right in the next three holes one of us has to get a green and red and we did not do it mm-hmm. and then we went on a spell where i think where we had like as a group of three people we had three greens in regulation in a row and you would have sworn all of us just broke apart <laughs> right i know um yeah. the course we're talking about of course is i believe now it's called traditions at chevy chase and it's yes. in it's it is a Buffalo it's Grove. It's in Wheeling, technically. Wheeling, okay, Wheeling. yeah. And uh, it always gets confusing in all those those towns for me. I know um, it's like one big town to me. I don't know, like, yeah, it's almost they, like it changes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's traditions at Chevy Chase. At one point, I think it was just called Chevy Chase Country Club, and it's it's had different namings over the years. Is very popular for weddings because it yes. has a massive clubhouse. Yes. Giant. Um, and it's an old place. I can't remember exactly when it was built, but it was around for the Great Depression. It was around for Prohibition. All of it. And the story goes. Oh, let me well, before we get into the story. Just keep in mind that it's a giant clubhouse. They, your point, the greens were in great condition. Here are my thoughts on that course. The course itself is very mediocre and average. It's, you know, always in fine. It's finest shape. Sometimes the trees could use a little trimming back. Yes, well. there are there are two trees specifically that I can tell you need to get, need to go away. But I haven't been there in a long time, so maybe it's better in that sense. I, to be fair, than it used to be. Don't know, but there used to be like, all right, these trees are a little out of control here in some places. So it doesn't surprise me here. There are two, but 
with a very flat parcel of land. They did it. I think they did a really good job making interesting green complexes. Yes. Fun. They were fun. They are fun. Yeah. They are. The greens are pretty much loose. Every time I've been there, always in really good shape, really smooth, and they can make them glassy as hell. They were pretty quick on Saturday for being so early in the year. They were quick. It didn't take it didn't take much. If you had a downhill putt, man, it was gonna be they were gonna be slippery for sure. Yeah. Now let's go back to the story. So the favorite story is that well, well, this is also very common in Chicago history. So it's a big place. It used to be private. Yeah, I forgot what it was called. It wasn't like Columbia. Oh, it was called the Columbian. As I say, I feel like Columbia. In the 1920s. It had a 5,000, it's got a 5,000 square foot dance floor to give you an idea of how big that ballroom is. Well, and there used to be like hotel rooms you could stay in it because that was the old days, right? You'd you'd come out from the city, you go to your private club and spend the weekend there. Olympia Fields still very much has the hotel program. In fact, two people, two members live in two of those rooms as a permanent residence at Olympia. Anyway. This was an Al Capone hangout, so they say. And they have networks of underground tunnels the, the that go out a distance. The story being, oh, the cops hmm. are coming. Sneak out the tunnels and, you know, get away from the building and go. And it, there used to be something like the tunnels went so far that they there were no natural lights or in some way you were their escape was well masked. And. Uh, I, I I can't remember all the details, but the actual story, there's some tie in with them and what used to be Tam O'Shanter. I think Tam O'Shanter still exists as like a nine hole uh, park district course. Maybe it's 18, okay. but it used to be private. They used to play a PGA event there. That's a, a Skokie ish area. Um, but. This, I, I want to say the detail is that Al Capone actually never really had anything to do with the place other than it was like one of his financial guys oh, okay. owned an like owned an operator, had a big stake and it was there all the time and ran and you know, ran some business out of it. Um, I can't remember if it's exactly clear what the business is or was, but there were definite escape rooms and uh, like staircases and stuff to to get out quick if need be and the tunnels are very much a real thing That's so cool. one of them I, I think some like a bunch of them were collapsed and it wasn't you know like the big thing they could open to the public and make a, a deal out of it but one of the bunkers and that was the other thing too they would have they had bunkers i want maybe they did run some like some illegal booze out of it. Cause I want to say part of it was this, they could move everything through these tunnels, of the legal booze and stuff into these bunkers. And then the bunkers were accessible by this quiet, dark road and they could pick everything up and get it out of there. And, or they could just hide in there themselves. But so as everything was collapsed or whatever, they actually, one of the bunkers was still accessible and they converted it into one of their maintenance storage areas out in the course. Huh. So there's a whole oh, yeah. cool history. That is cool. So yeah, Google, says, <clears throat> oh, I just found did. a, I just found a story in the trib about it. So this is pretty interesting. So it was originally built by the Knights of Columbus mm-hmm. and um, 
They it was called the original golf course was called Columbian Gardens and Country Club. Was developed between 1917 and 1923. It was here's God, uh, where to go? Um, it it was rumored to be owned or run by uh some some of what's his name's dudes uh capone's dudes um but it was it was supposedly marketed to catholics only it was a catholic only uh golf course or, or private you know country club and um Where was the, oh, I'd lost the spot where it talked about, it was actually, oh, let me find it real quick, real quick, real quick. Where are you? Where to go? Um, it's ri- riveting. I know. Oh, here it is. Here it is. An ad in, 19, in a 1928 edition of the Knights of Columbus newspaper advertised the place as exclusively for Catholics. Restrictive membership was also the basis of rival Medina Country Club, which was conceived around the same time. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that part. And yeah. So it and there's a lot. Actually, there is a good chunk of what's out there, and there was some like, oh, it was a something about like a sign. There was a sign in a local bar that was sort of like a front for something. I can't remember all of it. Which, hey, great story, bro. Um, <laughs> but I, if if you're into local weird chicago area golf history google you could I, you could just google like traditions at che- at chevy chase or chevy chase country club al capone and find some pretty or history whatever and find yeah. some fairly interesting things but it, it's just you know you're kind of typical it's not one of the most popular courses around here but it's not nothing you know it's your typical like let me go on golf now and see who's got some openings right and yeah, uh, we, I mean, we walked it for 42 bucks. It's a pretty good deal for that golf course. I feel I like. Yeah, I was, I've also had that course be like, yeah, it's $82. I'm like, wait, what? Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't done that. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't played that, but it's walkable. It's not bad, you know. And uh, it's, yeah, like you're saying, it's pretty flat. They've done some, you know, there's some undulation to it. I had, I had a couple shots where it was just bad luck. I had bad, like, just uneven lies that. I didn't hit very well. Yeah, but, but you're not going to, you're, it's like dirt piling. It's not like you're going to have a yeah, yeah. 27 foot uphill shot. Right. You know? Right. Right. Um, That's true. I do think it's worth the Google though. If you're into that kind of thing, it's, it's interesting. Um, God, I'd love to know though, with all of them, Olympia, Medina, right. Uh, this place, which, and then there's all the stuff that has been gone forever. You know, all these, I got uh, Westward Ho in Oak Park. It's been gone since like 1959 hmm. or something. Yeah. Maybe in the 60s. I don't know. Uh, but Oak Park Country Club, just all these old private clubs. You know, like this just wasn't this wasn't just like the your rich next door neighbor belongs. To right. The club. Like, <laughs> right. Got to be fascinating to know what was really happening in those places. For, well, shit, probably even still to this day. But what was really happening in those places from 1900 to just after World War II? I bet it's crazy. Yeah, I was going to say into the 40s, I'm sure. <laughs> well, what you don't know about those places. And yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm talking like what they don't know about those places. I always forget it. There's some private club around here out 
uh in downers grove i want to say it's like that weird is it downers grove is it woodridge yeah kind of like the wheeling buffalo grove right right. area right i'm talking that like route 53 75th intersection sort of by seven bridges for those who know that area and it's it's i want to say it's somewhere out there and there's like there there were like modern day mob ties that'd be it i want to say i actually learned about this place from googling about chevy chase (laughs) yeah probably speaking of which can we go play ravi sometime soon yeah i need to do that i miss it i want to go back and play it again yeah we should do that soon um maybe we can do that next week do you get it okay no no it's not gonna work (laughs) because i'm not gonna be here next week and you might oh yeah and you might not for a little bit too that's true anyway uh well, I'm glad you had fun, and I'm glad you got to see see those friends. Maybe they could sing you a love song and cheer you up. Um, who am I kidding? Who are you kidding me? <laughs> the they joke kid. is they're actually they're guys that um, my wife went to college with, and I just stole them. Oh, like, those are always they're now they're my friends. There's nothing like a good friend steal. <laughs> Shit, we I just took them. Shit, we wouldn't be friends probably if it wasn't for a friend steal and. Uh, I think of Josh and me. I stole Josh. Right. In a sense, I stole Josh from you. You just didn't. You didn't lose him per se, but right. You know, he's my friend now. Right. No, I'm saying he's my nephew. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the actual the good golfers or sort yeah. of good golfers that played. Yeah. The PGA Tour was back at Colonial. We didn't talk about it yesterday because we had to get to the Andy Gorman. Did you listen to the Andy Gorman show yet? I haven't yet. No. I'm a, and I'm not saying like, whoa, you have to. What kind of friend are you? I'm just, I was just curious because I'll be interested. No, I have to. I've been waiting because um, I have to produce the video version for the YouTube. So oh, I'm just gonna, yeah, I'll yeah. just gonna listen then. Well, and it's such a, it's just such a different. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make more of our show than it is, or the performance from the Andy Gorman show. It's just such a different style from how we normally do this. Yeah, that right. I'm right. very curious to hear. Not a, necessarily an unbiased opinion, but like an educated, uh, who's somebody who has a pulse on our show because they're in touch with it, yeah, and are open minded about it. What I'm just curious to hear, see what you think of how that went. I'm excited to listen to it. And if anybody's critical of it, I don't want to hear it. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway, PJ Tour golf's back at Colonial down in Texas. And first event back, I don't think, and I'm not the first person to say this, but I don't think anyone was predicting a Daniel Berger victory. Uh, Kind of like, where has he been the last, uh, what, three years or so? I don't know if Daniel Berger was predicting a Daniel Berger victory. I think he said said as much. He he said something along those lines. I can't remember the quote. I don't remember things. I just remember headlines. We all know this about me. Right, Um, right. But yeah, they were saying he had two other wins, and both of them were the were the St. Jude Classic and the FedEx Cup playoffs. He yeah. did one that in like two thousand. Was it back to back sixteen and seventeen, or was it like fifteen and seventeen? Either way, two wins, same tournament, and he's been pretty dry ever since. So I hate when this happens, like when Danny Willett won the Masters, and everyone's like, "He didn't win the Masters. Jordan lost it." And you're like, "Dude." 
That's not how it works. I know. That's so right. That's you. Not, you that's played. So you played a golf ball over seventy-two holes and had a certain score that was good enough to win. If Jordan Spieth lost it, and he if he didn't win it, well, then Jordan Spieth sure as shit didn't lose it because he had to play his golf ball over seventy-two holes and do it in fewer strokes. It's yep. not how it's not how it works. Yep, I totally agree. You know, totally like, e- like even if uh, so, if Jordan's you think of Tiger Woods, how many times in his victories was he leading by like 10 strokes after the third day? And then on Sunday, he shoots even part of one over and wins only on, wins by like four strokes. He still won right. the tournament. Right, right. It's not like, oh, so and so shot minus 10 and caught up to him and only lost by three. So that person gave the tournament to Tiger. It's like, it's never the narrative. So, yes, Jordan was in a position to win that Masters, but he didn't do it. And he didn't play in fewer strokes. Right. And he played like dog at, shit at, for at a while. At the end of the day. Right. Right. So, no, he deserved it. And so I think there's sort of, there's some of that going on like, oh, if Bryson didn't miss that easy putt, oh, if Morikawa didn't miss that, it was a three-footer in the playoff. He just handed it to him. It's like, dude, Bryson did miss that putt. And you know what? He wasn't really in contention or strongly in contention after three days, and he played off of his ass on Sunday, got himself in into that position. So you can't right. be like, oh, Berger didn't win it. Right. right. It's just so dumb. Yeah. Have so, you seen too? I can't find it. I'm, I was trying to find it real quick. Um, his run of par or better rounds. Mm-mm. It's insane. Like the dude, I mean, it was like it. it yeah. He's been on a streak. Like it, between, between him and Morikawa, I think it's something like 70 rounds in a row or something where they played par or better. I know it was last year. Speaking of there's two runs. We also have to talk about if we're going to talk about runs. Morikawa has been, was it the last two years, not just this year, but two years before. So two tournaments, he's this, I think this is his third plane at this one, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like that adds up. I thought last year was his rookie season. I, I, I thought he was a rookie last year too, but I don't know. There was something they said though. He's been runner up at Colonial to, I is either the two tournaments before this year. Or is just this year and last year, but either way, he's on a streak of runner-up finishes, consecutive streak of runner-up finishes at Colonial, <laughs> and they're like, so he clearly has a thing here. But um, yeah, I thought that was that was interesting. The other run, and if I read this right, I saw this was like the first time Rory hasn't been in the top five in so many tournaments, and they said the span of that. I mean, it, obviously, it's tournaments he's played in. The Rory has had consecutive top five finishes going back 302 days. Yeah. Now, I want to say the number is like eight tournaments or five tournaments or some. It's not it's not like he did it 18 times over 302 days. But even still, you've played so many golf tournaments in 302 days and you've been in the top five in all of them. That's insane. It's crazy, man. And then we go, oh, how's he number crazy. one? He hasn't been winning anything. It's like, well, there's your answer. That, yeah, that's why. That's why. Did you see the news about the uh, PGA Championship today? No. Officially, no fans. They're going to have it at in San Francisco, but there will be no fans. 
good for them. Yeah. Because that's well after the t- first tournament fans are allowed back, yeah. but California holding steady on their. But and you, this is so what, there's there's going to be no fans at RBC next week, no fans at Travelers, no fans at Rocket Mortgage, no fans at what's the one after Rocket Mortgage? Uh, no Mirfield? fans. At yeah, well, it's called first, something else. I but said then the first Mirfield. Yeah, the second the Memorial will have fans, but then the next three I don't believe will have fans either. So you're going to have a one off. Uh, tournament with fans. So hmm. one out of the next, what, nine tournaments will have fans. Tell me that isn't uh, like, well, we got to replenish the bank somehow. <laughs> yeah, <it's just laughs> kind of, right? So get a cash infusion. Especially they, weird. They have this uh, fund, this relief fund that for the, the cities that lost their tournaments and they still have all the charity and infrastructure work yeah. and everything. So they're like, they're paying out of that fund to put money back into those communities. Still, got it's gonna run out pretty quick. You gotta. What kills me is all jokes aside. They, you know, somewhere in the way golf is managed in PGA Tour world, there is a massive stockpile of cash <laughs> that they could they could pay out all of these and just For be fine. Sure. For Especially sure. with the way they sell off the spon- all the sponsorships and you know tent names and tournament Without a names. Doubt. And, yep. they they can they can cover what they. I mean, they're sitting cover. on a ton of Ryder Cup money still right now. I can tell you right now that sponsorship money has been paid. Oh yeah, I can tell you this. I know this for a fact. Oh, here we go, Chris, Mister <laughs> Big Shot. Because um, I'm trying to get into the tent. Yeah, I should probably. Oh no, I don't want to go into the tent at the way things. I'll I'll go into the tent if they go well, to twenty twenty one. Right, that's the right. Yeah, not going into that tent. But if you need me to come into the tent in twenty twenty one with you, I, I'll go. Uh, well, my 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 first step is the tent. My second uh, step is like, okay, how do I get onto the golf course to play it for free? That's gonna be tough. That's you probably have a better yeah. chance of chrismcewen in media for the Ryder cup than you do for your work. Just saying it's possible. Um, actually Tommy, nah, it was Tommy's friend. I think volunteered for the PGA championship at the Straits, Mm -hmm. And he is like for doing that. He got a free round. And I want to say, I can't remember if it was a discounted round for a friend or if Tommy just like booked with him and paid his way. But so it was pretty easy. So like everybody that volunteered for the tournament. That's pretty awesome. Got a round out there. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I'm like, my dad did not get a round at Medina for volunteering for the Ryder Cup. Just saying. <laughs> so at the Colonial, we talked about Bryson. Um, before we get to Bryson, because everybody seemed to have issues with that 17th hole. And I started reading there was a lot of speculation that maybe they had a bad cut of the hole that day. Hmm. You know, there's like certain rules that it's something like if you if you have a ball, a ball should be able to come at rest at it was like a three foot radius from the hole anywhere around the hole. And they're saying like maybe something right. like that or I I'd be interested to know if that was really a thing. But I just thought looking at the speculation of how many short putts and how many strokes were cost putting on that 17 17th green. Or it would be interesting. Can I say this too about the course? There were a couple of views where I'm like, oh, okay, I see it a little better. But overall, 
uh, I TV must not do that court that course justice. It did not look that interesting at all. I totally agree. Looks, Didn't do much for me at all. Um, I don't think it is a very interesting golf course. For the what these guys get to now, the old conversation, right? A a tournament host is chosen for its ability to accommodate the Correct. tour and the crowds, not necessarily not, the best right. golf courses. Yep, so 100%. I know that plays a role, but it's, I mean, that was Ben Hogan's course. It's not necessarily a nothing place. And I do, I think there's a lot of pros who still play out of there. And yeah, Spieth is a member, right? Is he? Yeah. I mean, they, I'm assuming uh, he's a member at all the like cool places in Texas now. What's his name? Ryan, uh, not Palmer. Ryan Moore. Ryan Palmer is a he plays that course a lot. Okay. So but it just seemed very uh Yeah. Just very, nondescript. I would yeah. almost say other than obviously conditioning, conditioning I'm I'm sure they're like build quality is solid. Yeah. Seemed very like your your local track. You you can play around here if you just you know what I mean? Sure. Now sure I one hundred percent believe someone who's played it be like, no. Here's a million reasons why why you're wrong. I'm and yes, probably the greens are faster. The bunkers are perfect. I'm, that's a different topic. But in terms of layout and intrigue, I, I just didn't see it. No, it seemed like guys were just bombing and gouging. Just no, don't, like, don't get me know, wrong. Whatever. If I ever have the opportunity and someone wants to prove me otherwise, I'm more than happy to have that experience. You know, um, what, you know what golf course is better? Ravislow. Uh Maybe Heart. I was going to, I was going to, I was going to go with your, your favorite, uh, TPC course. I thought you were going to say Beth page black deer run. Yeah. Yeah. Deer runs. Awesome. Yeah. So good. Is that a beaver and now a bald Eagle flying by at the same time? <laughs> what a place we got to make a, we got to make a, we got to put a date on the calendar for you to show me that thing. Yeah, I feel like I want to do it, though, when we can relax a little more. Hey, speaking of relaxing no, a little I'm more. I'm with you. I mean, hey, Illinois, again, I'm going to be, for once today, optimistic about things. And I'm going to tell you that, I mean, bars are opening this week. Oh, we're going the wrong direction, though. You know, we will. like right now we're still dark green, rapidly decreasing. I know. We're killing it, man. But I feel like everywhere we're going to start diving back into things and it's going to get I gross. thought it was a little premature considering, like, maybe give it another week. But I'm going to trust, I think so far the state's got a good track record of making intelligent decisions, so I'm going to trust them and and put my faith in the leadership here. You know me, I don't my... think I don't think they've been pressed by, uh, you know, economic numbers. They're not, you know, Georgia or Florida or any of those kinds <laughs> of states or Arizona right now that's... I feel like we've done things the right way. So I'm going to, I'm going to be optimistic about it. Don't I think, try to change my mind. I think that's fair, but you know, me and inherent people trust. That's my big catch. Well, yeah, that's your problem in general, but oh, don't I mean, I mean, me. you agree, right? Overall, like, I feel like the, uh, I mean, the, the data that was like, supports that was like four likes in a row right there. That was if the brutal. data supports it, the data supports it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. it is, it's, there's only like six States in the country. I think that are, in yeah. that model of like rapidly yeah. decrease. And then there's nine more that are on a decrease. There's, I think three that are neutral, North Dakota, Montana, and Idaho. And then the rest are either increasing or spiking. 
So, right. which yeah. spiking is a misnomer at this point. Because there well, was never, in some cases, there was never an actual decrease. It plateaued and then went up again. So that, or they're having like an exponential increase at, that's right. faster than the rate they had previous. Yeah, and I think, I Sorry, do think anyways. we're going to see more of that. But anyway, what I was going to say to you is, here, here's the thing, guys. I got good news. I found out today I am completely immune and not susceptible to coronavirus. Oh, that's right. I am. We were just talking about this too, because you, yeah. So you you found out your blood type, huh? Well, I've known it. I'm well. If it's O negative or O positive, doesn't matter. I am right. type O blood. So I I can't get coronavirus. That's you're what like it means. a superhero. Pretty much. Now the reality is. They say it's an estimated nine to eighteen percent more uh, defended from it, basically. And what that means is, I have that much better of a percentage of not getting it. And if I do, not having it is severe. Right now, they're like, we're still not a hundred percent sure on this. We're only this far along in the study and have a lot more work to do. And then they said, well, what about? Uh, Things like pre-existing conditions, age, race, gender, all that stuff. And they went, well, to be fair, that's assuming kind of all things equal and that stuff's controlled. I'm like, well, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> so it's like. But I think it's if you're a healthy, just let's just say if you're a healthy human being, then you have a better chance. If of you're healthy, it's like others. if you're a healthy young white person with, yeah, right. with type O blood, you have a 9 to 18% better chance of not getting it or having it less severe. So I'm like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll take whatever help I can get to not get coronavirus. (laughs) Right. But I don't hear that and go, well, this is riveting. And at the same time, I also read that the mutation, they're starting to think the mutation that hit Italy and New York. And the reason it was spread, it's spreading faster. Far more contagious than it was before. It's four to five. The, the big thing is the mutation has more of those spikes on, on yeah. the cell or whatever. Yeah. And that's how it binds to your your blood cells to infect you. Right. And or more cells, touch points. Right. More touch it, points. So it's four to five times denser than the original one, which is probably one went through China and most of Asia. And that's why it's infecting more people at a faster rate. And so. Correct. Like, oh, good. <laughs> That'll be However. Great. It may be less fatal. I didn't see that part. That's good. To yeah, know. that was like the second piece of it. It's like, yes, but I, but you, it's hard. I, you know, again, nothing is. You know, everyone expects what they see to be like. This is a hundred percent the fact, but it's this is a new virus to the world. We've only been studying it for three months, right? So what they're saying is like, this is what we're seeing, and people are taking it as this is what it is, and, and that's what not it'll the stay. Case. Right. That's just not the case. So basically when they say these things, like you have to kind of say, okay, that's interesting, but it does, it shouldn't change your behavior. Right? I mean, it is going to change. I'm immune. So <laughs> I'm going to start acting that way. So I will be putting my arms around people and going into this, going into Costco without a mask and saying, this is my freedom. This is my <laughs> right. I live last time I checked, I woke up in America. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not gonna do that. Um, and then the other one I read is <laughs> last time I checked, <laughs> they're preparing the world for it. Everyone's like, "Oh, vaccine! You won't be, you will not, 
uh, that'll prevent infection and make you immune. And they're like, no. And the effort to get us in the like safest place possible, we, the first vaccine that comes out for this might just be, it defends you better. You'll still get infected. You just won't die from it. Right. You shouldn't die from it even. And you're like, then it's a, what can we get out fastest to save people? And that's, Yep. That yep. they're saying like we might be able to do that faster than not infecting people, so that's what we're gonna do. I was like, oh boy, that's that's <laughs> that's a treat. But I think that is a big thing when it comes up, and I think we talked about in the beginning. Would you rather have uh, would you rather have a treatment or a vaccine? And yes, with the vaccine, you don't need a treatment, but if the treatment comes faster and it can at least like keep you from not dying, that's good. Yeah, whatever. Way. I mean, Jesus, whatever, whatever I'm, works, man. I'm typo blood, so it's fine. Right. You you want to go to Arizona? No, okay. but that's just because I don't want to go to Arizona in the summer anyway. It's Flagstaff, man. It's perfect. It's like, oh, here. that's right. That's right. Let's go back to the colonial real quick because I don't know how we got on that tangent. Okay. Uh, fine. Hey, Bryson. So here's <laughs> yeah. my problem. Here's my what problem. about Bryson? I don't like Bryson. I, I mean, Neither do just, I. So. I'm just leaning into it, but I have to tell you, bless the kid. He works really hard to be like a polite person, no matter kind of what is that, you know, he was disappointed with that outcome. And he's like, I will go on, I will do the interview and I won't be disrespectful. Not saying he never says a dumb thing in his interview, but I feel like he tries to do things right. I also think he tries to play up the gimmick as much as he can. Yeah. It's just, and if he's not, there's another, there's, I mean, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. I could go down to of how this has gotten to where it's gotten with him. But like, I do think he genuinely tries to be a good guy and a good ambassador for the sport. And I do think in his heart of hearts, he thinks his weird, all of his weirdness is not just like a good, interesting thing for the sport, but it's, like what the sport needs. You know oh, what I God. mean? Yeah. Right. But it's, it's he's the worst. That's what it, I think. He I is. think no, if he you is. gave that if you gave if that dude didn't give gain a pound and just played regular irons and not the single link stuff and just kind of went out and played golf, he'd just be another guy. And I think he's smart enough to know that. And so he does this weird stuff to like Right. Well, weird. maybe. And I think like my I guess my point is, I think there are things that are fine and aren't necessarily and are may, maybe even good. But then it's the like give an inch, take a mile. It's like, all right, you could have dialed this back a ton. Yeah. But uh, now here we get into insufferable was he was doing that video with a flight scope during quarantine where he's like, I'm yeah. going to get over 200. Yeah, this is it. Let's see if we can get 201. Like, we're all like really living it with them. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care what you hit on the flight score. I mean, maybe I'll be like, oh, wow, that's interesting at 202. But like, I'm not getting hyped up over this, man. Take it easy. And that video yeah. is just so insufferable. Now, he's, he's so brutal. He, to be fair, the stats were showing his driving distance. Oh, he was killing it. What was it? Three strokes gained? And the he, weekend, which meant he was like wasn't insane. He wasn't just getting distance. He was keeping it in good spots for the most part. Right. Right. But, oh, my God. That swing. And I, I felt maybe I'm not remembering well, but I felt like it was translated into all of his clubs. That swing. Yeah. Is disgusting. Yeah. It's not sustainable. 
There's no way. That dude, he's going to, there's no way. And I can already be like, well, what about Bubba? And even Justin Thomas comes out off his feet. And I'm like, yeah, but you could just see, that's like, I mean, that was like Tiger Woods in his prime. And you could just be like, I can hear, I can hear your vertebrae like right, giving grinding like into slowly. dust. <laughs> right. In right. fact, I think you could hear pops in, in uh, <laughs> the discs. Like it just was, oh God. And then because he is like the size of Brian Urlacher now, I'm not saying he's fat. I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying he's a thick boy now, which by the way, hearing the announcers saying they read on Twitter, like not kind of getting it that I know. like his, his score, his uh, yardage book cover shit, instead of saying BAD on it should say T H I C C thick. And I'm like, you guys don't get it. All right. But he's thick now, man. I do love that bit though. It's funny. So watching, Hey, maybe it all works out. I'm not wishing harm on the guy, but I'm like, I don't know how with that, that would between the ugliness of the swing, the size and it's coming for me. And you're like, but (laughs) there's so much, this, this can't be good. The end result of this cannot be good. Do you, what's the, uh, what's the, how do I, how do I put this? I don't want to say just straight up, but like, do you think he wins a tournament? He's not. I don't think. I don't think that swing in his game will ever win a major. I'll say that straight up. Oh, I, I don't know about a major. It'll win a tournament. Um, Maybe. I don't. I'm trying to think. Even when he's but on he had, his big runs, has he ever flirted? Really flirted with winning a major? No. I feel like he never shows up to no. him. So I don't think it has anything to no. do with that swing in the new body. I just think it's him. I just think it's it's well. But when you he's know, playing a course that you have to actually. This is why I think it's a bit because. Yeah, you can go onto a course like these that like Colonial that's you know set up for the pros and they can go fifteen under and win, but when you get to a course that's going to really truly challenge your game and you have to adjust and you have to play things differently and you have to play shot shapes and you have to think your way through it, he's not he's not good. He can't do it. Here's the thing about him. I feel like any you start taking takes with him, and he shows up and answers haters maybe proves you wrong so as much as i i mean agree with a lot of what you're saying and i'm like i i believe a lot of it i there's sort of an element of i feel like you can never count them out and you (sighs) there's something about it i don't i'm hesitant to say it's like a cockroach but (laughs) it yeah, There's like something he hangs about out long it. enough, he's gonna fall backwards into some kind of big win. I mean, he has, he has in the past, and he, what he was won a term? WGC, right? He won a he won a WGC, I think. That and he's won FedEx events. Uh, yeah, he went on that string where he yeah he, he won, won like three in a row or five in, out of whatever. Yeah, and was in the ones he didn't win, he was contending in all of them. So it's like I you can't, and I, but I don't care what anyone says. He won the USAM and NCAA championship in one year. He did. Like so, I, he knows how to win. He knows. And then he went pro, and the pros have done that too. Like other pros have done that. USAM and NCAA, and you'll find not many have. It's what him, well, Tiger, Ryan Moore. I think I'm forgetting somebody. And as I was, I'm not going to lie. Did Jordan I, do it? As, no, I don't think so. No, Jordan as, went as pro I, right away. He didn't even. As I started trying to remember that, and I, I kid you not, 
I started having the names uh, John Tavares <laughs> and other hockey names going in my head. I'm like, I think yeah. the stat that's creeping in my brain as I'm going through this is players that were declared uh, exceptional player status so they could go into the OHL a year earlier than you're allowed to. Oh, man. Yeah. And it is like a random weird three people only in history. It's John Tavares, Connor McDavid, and I forgot this other guy who had a severely disappointing professional career and they're like, he just wasn't ready for it. Uh, anyway. So clearly that mixes up with the USAM national championship. Same year. Right. That makes sense. So, yeah. John Tavares, good hockey player. Connor he McDavid. Hot Connor take. Mc... Oh, Tavares can still play. Oh, up for there, sure. Up there in Toronto. Um, right. And Connor McDavid's, probably the best player in the world right now. So um, anyway, Bryson, man, that's that. All right. I got other shit I could talk about, but I feel like we've gone on long enough and yeah, hang on to it. I want it. I want you to get back to spiraling into a dark place. Give me, give me another, give me another day. Like today. No, I'll be there for you. Let me know if you're having on one of those days and give me a chance to lift your spirits. Just give me that chance. All right, fine. And it doesn't, it'll be an electric performance, maybe. I, I can't remember the last time I was in this foul of a mood during the day. Like I was just nothing. Oh, I was just, everything was terrible. I just and I couldn't to... get out of it. I mean, everyone's been there, right? You're just like, yeah, I've been there all I've been there all the time. And then I have to get into sucks. like, I have to get in like fact based conversations and to quote John Heisen, like, can you just let me be sad? Right. I, like, it wasn't I'm, sad. It was like I was actively angry. So it's the same. And that's just so rare for me. I just don't usually I'm not like that. You know, like I think you you say that a lot. I think you're uh I'm not saying you're an angry person. Don't take it that way, but I think you have that angry hair more than you give yourself credit for. No, it's it was different. It was I have different. The I know I know what that is. I know what that is. That's just me being um kind of the know-it-all arrogant contrarian dick that i am yep. right <laughs> yes that's i get i know what that is i'm comfortable there i understand I like you've been, that, but today I feel like you've been different. better about that with me over the last few weeks so i thank you for that you're welcome um no i definitely have that angry thing though where i'm like i just get so mad about things and that's that i can't help it so just let me go yeah sometimes and I, I like it's so rare it. like and i just told, I told my wife i'm like please don't try to fix it I don't know what's going on. I just need to be like in this room by myself, angry. I just need until to record a lockdown golf podcast. God <laughs> until, damn it. I need to be angry until I'm not. I don't know what's happening. I'm just, I'm just mad. It's funny. I got fired. I won't go into it, but I got fired up on a topic. Uh, before, Not related to any of this. Like before I came in here, to, well, I had time. I had the process of putting my son down to break it up and not mad at anyone in the house, nothing like that. I just got riled up about something and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to shake this. I think yeah. I'm just going to be crabby about this uh, indefinitely. And, and the, the thing, the thing with this level of anger is like, I shut down. Like when I'm, when we're debating something and I'm, I'm jacked up or all hyped or, and, and upset or whatever, angry, if you want to call it that, like I'm still engaged. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to kind of, to go back and forth, but like this sort of, Anger was like, I'm just, I'm done. I'll like, say what I, what I do know, 
you have had a string lately and I, I don't think this helps, but you know, I think there's, you know, there's a comment like people always say it's okay to not be okay. I feel like the string you're on, we don't have to get crazy. It's, you know, not life or death here when it, no, but it stacks up though, for sure. But being angry, frustrated, and just generally annoyed, we're like, fuck it. I don't want to do anything. That's kind of, yeah. I think I, I think is fair. I, I understand it. Like, I don't yeah. think your response to to it, to these things is crazy. Yeah. So at least. Sorry you that we're speaking in code, everyone. At least you, I'm not, you can, you can deal with it by minute 55. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Keep listening to the podcast. Um, so I don't know if that helps, but Chris, if you needed any reaffirmation and support and negative on the negative side, I got you. I'm with, I support it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I just need to, I think, uh, oh, by the way, I got Friday off. Do you have Friday off? Yeah, I do. We should talk about that because mm. my company did a really, really significant thing. We're a big, huge company. And they said, you know what? For now on, we're going to have Juneteenth off starting Friday. Okay. So I have Friday off. All right. Noted. So I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something um, significant for the day. I've told myself I will do that because that's a little bit of, that's therapeutic in itself. Um, And then I want to do something for me because I'm still a selfish, white, straight male in America. I feel like that's. You could have stopped at selfish and that, that covers you enough. Right. right. Um, pretty, yeah, you're right. But anyways, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do in the morning, I'm going to do something significant, uh, that, that I think will help that I hope will help. And then maybe we can go and maybe we can go play Ravi if you want. Well, get yourself again, a hall pass. I think you have to, well, I think listen, it's not where to other things. We are <laughs> more code. We've talked about. It's right. not where to cash my hall pass. And the one thing is, too, I have the day off. My daughter's birthday is the next day. And we have a small social distance outdoor gathering in the works. So, so I, I, my leeway, I don't know how tight it is or how, you know, I don't know. It's not off. It's not off the table. I don't know. I don't All know right. if that's worth cashing in, but we'll, we'll be in touch. And I'm glad everybody's probably super pumped. We just worked that out here at the end of our show. All right. It's another production meeting. On the on the podcast, producing what our, our life, not even the yeah. show. All right, producing a fair. tea time. Maybe we sh- we should say, hey, <laughs> tell you what though, double edged sword. Oh, no, they know we don't record on Fridays. I was like, we're gonna meet up. Oh yeah, that's true. We're gonna meet up, do some fun, and then do a live recording of our show. <laughs> we could pretend it's for the Monday show. Well, given what I. I got to think of this. I don't know how it's going to work. I've also realized I got to bring my microphone and my laptop oh, yeah. on vacation. She already right. got the, wait, you so don't have not, to, we can, I've missed two shows. You can miss a show if you want. Well, You've been the Iron Man of one the show. show. You're talking about one show. I'm talking about, I'm going to be there for a whole week, dude. Oh yeah. And you know how That's I, right. you, know, you know, like right. my, my impatience for people doing what they say they're going to do. I'm going to be up there going, no, I, I said I was going to do these. And I even got Victor Afable of VA Shafts replied to the Lockdown Cough Podcast Instagram post today and goes, what lockdown? I'm like, that's a good point. But you shut up. That's not our. That's not it's, up to you. It's fair, Victor. But also, mind your business. Yeah. You can't. 
This is a world-class podcast. How dare you? I think right. I, I did say something like something about like don't mess out mess with my content. I don't know. It wasn't that, it wasn't that funny of a reply, but it was along those lines. All right. All right, wrap this thing up. Let's get out of the show, for Christ's sake. Okay. Everybody, welcome back to the new week. Hope you enjoyed the Andy Gorman show. If you haven't listened to that and you made it this far, delete this from your phone and go listen to that episode. (laughs) Chris, I hope things pick up for you. If you uh, just get bored and want to chat about inconsequential things tomorrow, you know where to find me. Uh, In the meantime, have a good night, bud. You too, man. All right. Bye, everybody.